Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're back with another episode today that is hot on the heels of our Dark Elf discussion. <laughs> um, last week we talked about how uh, the new arm, well, the new codex, I should say, as they call them in 40k, the new army book essentially came out for Dark Elves in Warhammer 40,000, which is a huge update for that whole faction. Um, I uh, All of those players are tickled pink. I can't be more happy for them. Uh, Lord knows they hadn't been updated in forever and deserved it. Uh, if you want like full thoughts on it, watch last week's episode. But in short, it was good. However, there was a, as we were kind of talking about it before and after the show, there was a particular topic in sort of reference to Dark Elves, but a few other armies also, that we felt we had to talk about in quick succession with this army's release because boy howdy are they gonna go hand in hand yeah so what we decided we're gonna talk about right now today is transporting your models whether they're super super like flimsy and like finicky with like little spears and like bits that can easily pop off or they're like very hardy like space marines or admech think or tau tau are very easy to transport mm -hmm. i think yeah yeah i'd yeah. say they're easy to transport because they're blocky um yeah but for those of you who don't play forty thousand or maybe don't know the uh the dark elves for that game they're all very thin and nimble in life and they're in these like crazy poses like midair jumping with these little thin whips and net and weapons they have, like little ships that have like spindly sails and bits on them all over the place like chains uh stuff like that yeah in short they're a nightmare to transport an absolute nightmare to transport they're sort of the 40k equivalent to night haunt it is just it's it's a barrel of monkeys whenever you go try to pull them out of there and like they will snag on one another even on the table and like that means that they might do that same thing in transport and break a whole bunch of themselves so we figured we'd dive into a little bit of maybe how you might be able to transport your own stuff most efficiently. But first, hobby progress and games played. Um, as I, I will start us off, um, did a little bit more work on my custodies since the last time we recorded. Uh, but for me, the games played is that John and I finished our um, World Eaters versus Adeptus Custody game that we had started last <laughs> week and as of the last episode didn't get to finish well we brought it on home uh john do you want to give a summary i died <laughs> that, that... real bad uh <laughs> no it was it was a pretty fair fight like we we took on each other very very heavy i think i had more models at the end of the table at the end of the game than joe but joe won our objectives like i killed more but he got more objectives on me because I couldn't pull him off stuff fast enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that Tanglefoot grenade. So, okay, Oh, my good in, lord. I dropped in a, a five-man squad of Red Butcher Terminators. And he's just like, Tanglefoot grenade on those guys. Take it. That's that's for you. And he rolls a six. So I, I physically cannot make this charge out of Deep Strike, even with all buffs and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, it's just, well, wait a turn. It'll be okay. These these Terminators will die. Next turn, they rolled a charge. Double one. Cool. I can re-roll. Roll it again. Rolled a two. 
failed the charge. Like, <laughs> oh, no. like so these terminators bad. were just like, no, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> and so this custodian guard just got to live forever. Uh, yes, uh, they in fact <laughs> shot these terminators to death and then stabbed the last one. It was so sad. Like these poor terminators who like they're these hyper human supernatural warriors who have been alive for thousands of years in the warp getting the strength and rage of the blood god and like these turbo chads got all hyped up on monster energy drink and five finger death punch songs and teleport down to the battlefield to fight and immediately just have a bunch of chewed bubble gum thrown at their feet and sticks their just sticks their boots to the ground <laughs> that they can't get out of Next turn, they go to make their charge. Shoelace is untied. Can't do it. It's a safety hazard. Gotta just, tie him. It's just a custodian just staring at a Terminator who's like glued to the ground. He just pulls off a pair of sunglasses off his helmeted head and just goes, that's Gorilla Glue, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I think the game might have swung a different way if that didn't play out that way. It would have given John another objective. But because, you know, that's how it happened like i had a little just a handful of stragglers left alive because i came to the battle with like what 11 models on the table yeah something like that yeah you weren't breaking 20 that's for sure yeah i wasn't breaking 15 <laughs> and but however those last guys i had managed to get them into a position where like even though they're the last ones alive from their squad that's still enough to hold an objective um so it was a it was a win, but it it didn't feel good because while John's Terminators decided that they didn't want to do anything, my two HQs, like my two leaders were shield captains. And I, I have heard forever about how shield captains are horrifying nightmares. Mine did nothing. He kept whiffing like really bad. Yeah, they uh, rolled awful. They couldn't make saves. They couldn't make hits. They couldn't wound. It was awful like my don eagle jet bike guy like this uber uber general from thousands of years ago with all of this gene wrought might and a hover motorcycle and a lance that is almost like a nuclear warhead on the tip charges a shoebox with a motor and can't kill it for three turns hey excuse you the rhino has two motors in it. <laughs> My fault. So the shoebox with two motors in it. <laughs> I did a bunch of research on the like history of the Rhino. Found out it's a half diesel, half electric motor, and it's got two of them. That's why it's got two exhaust pipes out the back of it. Although, John, that would be an engine and a motor. I don't know shit about this, man. I'm just, <laughs> I read I read a Wikipedia article. It was like, oh, that's neat. Like, <laughs> uh, Well, that's pretty much the summation of Facebook discourse right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my, my shield captain's whiffed. So, like, while I did get a win, it didn't feel all that great because my whole win was like, all right, let's attack. I I do nothing. But I, I sit on the objective. I mean, I don't kill anything. But I win? It was, it was a time. Um, yeah. Well, you came to defend the secret spice, like the secret 16 spice recipe, and you defended that 16 spice recipe. You shan't have it, heretic. Um, and also, uh, John got to start another game on Tabletop Simulator with our bud Tanner. Yeah. yeah. 
Shout out to Tanner, the greatest war boss this side of the Mississippi. What up? He is He's very consistent with his army. It is always yeah. orcs, all the time. He, it is orcs all the time. Uh, Gazgul, so I was playing Tau. I was playing close range danger zone Tau, as I call it, and playing Farsight Enclaves. The best and, uh, way to play Tau. The most fun. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> Tanner's just got like, I got a ton of boys. I got war bikes. I got knobs. I got all sorts of stuff. I got Gazgul. And it, it was a time. Like, he is just breaking skulls. And they're just like Tau with shotguns going pew, 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 like a bunch of 870s and trying to take care of these <laughs> eight foot tall green men. And the green men are, you what? And just kick them in the face. <laughs> these gorillas um, with axes. Yeah, yeah. Just hooting and hollering. And then, like, I have two two units of crisis suits with flamers. Like, three flamers. So I have nine flamers in that squad. Each each squad, I've got two of them. And those things are doing work. Orcs can't come near them. They're full of orc repellent. They're the greatest <laughs> thing I have on the table. But, like, <laughs> I have this riptide that keeps whiffing all of its shots. <laughs> like, he killed one plane. Good. The rest of everything it's done has just been like, nah, I'm good. It spent too much gotta, time around my shield captains. Good God. Yeah, I got a... I got a Three fusion blaster commander that tried to blow up a truck and failed twice. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it's great, uh, but it's fun time. Like it's it's really it's really good. Uh, you it's guys really haven't good. finished it's, that game yet, have you? No, no, no. We're on the bottom of turn three. Yeah, like, we'll be. We're getting close. I was watching it last night until like two thirty in the morning, and then I I had to go to bed because I'm becoming yeah, an old yeah. man, and now like one a.m. is late for me. It's so good. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many moments i can't wait to see the ending because even at the bottom of turn three we're still on the raider's edge of who's gonna win because like gaskell is just wrecking house he's just wrecking house through my lines um but i might be able to get some objective wins but if i do it'll be by the skin of my teeth and i'll have like four dudes left so sounds like a good we'll town battle yeah well uh do we want to go ahead and head into the topic then joe <sighs> if i must i mean i could talk about battles all day just because i haven't got to play many in the past year so, to be honest, I'd like to sit here and write a fan fiction about this whole fight. But, alas, that's not what the people want. So, moving on. I mean, they might uh, want that. You don't know. Uh, I do. Well, I have a guess. <laughs> but I will say, one of the things that's, <laughs> that's kind of nice about playing TTS compared to the physical game I played was the the one of the things that spurred this topic on was, like, as I mentioned in a, a few episodes back, uh, I got to play my first game of, like, Warhammer, physical Warhammer, in a year. Over a year. And, um, like, that, I was really excited for it. But it's it's kind of incredible how much, across a year's time, you forget how much stuff you need <laughs> to play this game. Because, uh, like, I, I wrote my list and I got prepared for sort of the game day. And then morning of, I picked up my, like... I kind of went to pick up my keys to get ready to go. Oh, crap. I got to make sure I have so much. And, you know, of course, then it's a, a random flash of, like, running around the house and throwing books and a backpack and a laptop and a charger and a phone charger, dice, glue, tape measure, extra tape measure, because my buddy Mo always forgets one. Like, you know, the stuff you have to get together. And then the models. I mean, I almost had to make it two trips out to my car to carry my two armies out to the, the car itself. And then, of course, you know, I get to my buddy Jake's house and then uh, I have to carry it all up, which, again, almost takes two trips. And um, 
it kind of sparked in my head that, the, you know, this, man, this is worth kind of talking about. Because especially over time, it was something that I did not always start out doing correctly. Um, and it is something that I think TTS cuts a lot of the crap out of because you don't have to deal with any of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just like drag and drop. There's all my models. <laughs> it, it is yeah. not nearly so easy in real space. But there's still some stuff that I miss about in person. Oh my god! So I miss everything about I, in person. I think it's worth it's worth doing the transportation. It's worth doing the mad dash to get everything put together in bags and stuff. There's something to the ritual of that that just feels good. It is true. Um, but I think you know it is a topic that is more important than I necessarily see people talk about. Um, I think it's something that kind of goes for granted for yeah. a lot of folks and i don't think it necessarily should um because let's be honest like this is an important part of the hobby to talk about because well a few reasons one it is unavoidable oh absolutely like if you want to play this game anywhere other than the room that you store your models in you're gonna have to transport them one way or another it has to be done you know, whether that is just going up the road to your local gaming store, whether that's, you know, going across town to a friend's house, or maybe you're going on a road trip to get to a big tournament or flying on a plane. Um, there are various levels of transportation that you're going to have to do for all of your models. And there are ways to do that right. And there are ways to do it wrong. And it's, you can't get around it. And I think that's yeah. even more important because of the hobby aspect. I mean, John, how many hours do you think you spend painting and building a full army? I don't count on purpose. I would be, I, I, I don't want to know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> a it, lot, I'm, a lot. I spend a lot of time. Yeah, I think that's probably everybody's answer because we literally put countless hours into these things, like into these little plastic figures. And I don't use that word too often, but I mean, literally, I mean, we put more time into it than we can keep track of. On these models, whether that's building them, priming them, painting them lovingly, or edge highlighting them. Um, yeah. Once you do go through this process, you really don't want to break them. I mean, they're little works of art now that you've probably come to have some amount of affection for. And if you don't transport them correctly, you will break them. I mean, John, yeah. you and I have done it ourselves. I still do it all the time. Yeah. There's no way to, like, carefully transport 200 skaven unless you're willing to take up a lot of space well i actually think there is a way to do it but we'll get there we'll get there in a little bit <laughs> you have to get clever uh yeah but john's tried and tested shoebox method is not my preferred method <laughs> the rats are dirty they can't be stored safely you can also rat, rats are really easy to just not break when they're clumped like that other things though like i've got i've got other stuff that it's it's cannot be transported that way a lot of chaos stuff cannot be transported that way no same thing with like uh Lumin new lumineth models with those like three inch long spears that are super thin can't do it can't do it yep. you'll snap them instantly it's a bear um and i don't know i think especially with our more casual style of conversation about the hobby it is my hope that we bring some maybe newer players or more casual players to listen. And for people in that group, I want to try to set you all up for success. Because you're not necessarily 
like painting new models every two well painting new armies every two weeks and then sell them down the pipeline uh you know because you're chasing the tournament meta you're playing these armies for the long haul you know i i presume that you don't spend tens of thousands of dollars on this hobby you probably got a couple of armies you really like and you just want to play those for the foreseeable future and i think an integral part of that is storing them and transporting them in a way that will make sure that you do get to keep them for you know 10 15 20 years so i think the best way to approach this is to first break down the different transport methods that yeah, yeah, yeah. that we've seen and then after we kind of break down a, a lot of the options i'm sure there will be some we miss we move into sort of our recommendations and how we personally transport our stuff uh, so, John, I guess we start at the bottom of the barrel. You want to tell us about your shoebox method of transportation? Yeah. So, shoebox method of transportation, it was originated way back in the early days of the hobby. Most people, when they were young, in which you uh, are poor, probably are more interested in playing the game and, and building your little dudes, and you don't really think about organizing them, so you just throw them in a shoebox and keep them in the closet, and whenever your buddy goes, hey, I want to play down at the shop in, like, an hour, you grab the shoebox, you throw it in the back of your car, and you show up to the store, and you just glue your dudes to get back together on the table, and you're just, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's real easy. It's real simple. It's not that hard. Maybe you use a Tupperware container instead. I don't know. Uh, maybe you want to be fancy. Uh, you trash goblin. Yeah, uh, it's not great, I'll tell you that. Like, it's cheap. It's the cheapest option. Like, if you need to get your guys from point A to point B and you're okay with some of them getting a little busted up, it's cheap. It works. Uh, cardboard boxes work just as well. Um, I still think that cardboard boxes can be plenty fine for something like a Dreadnought or Rhinos or Predators or any of the boxy vehicles. But infantry and uh, spindly bits and the more complicated models, you're going to want something else. Uh, I think the the next tier up from that is probably like foam trays. Yeah, um, foam trays and cardboard boxes. Yeah, I think that's probably the next step up where you get some sort of like cut foam, and you put little squares in it, or maybe you buy them. There's a lot of places you could buy these, um, and then you put your guys like one model in each little square, and you fill up that little square. Well, you fill up that little tray of squares, and then you put that sheet in a cardboard box. And then you fill up the next square, like sheet yeah. of squares, and you put that on top of it. And you do that until you have your whole army in there. And, like, I've seen people go to, like, a Harbor Freight or any, like, like a box store and buy, like, a cheap pistol case, like a cheap gun case with the, the pull-out pull foam. But use that to store models, too. Mm-hmm. This is a whole lot more effective than ye old box method. Or, like, for me, I used a little plastic tub instead of a box when I first started. Way more effective than both of those because the foam gives you more protection. And, like, if you do drop the box, your models should be okay if they're of the more rotund variety. Um, yeah, I was, was going to say, like, the foam is really great for Space Marines or Stormcast Eternals. Or, like, or uh, like stout or models. Orcs, stuff like that, that are real boxy. Yeah, um, but... You're not going to want to put elves. 
of any variety, fantasy or sci-fi, in those things. Yep. Uh, you're not going to want to, like, Necrons can go in there, except for some of their models probably shouldn't. Uh, um, your nicer models, like the bigger hero, like, set-piece models we've seen that have, like, so many, like, details flying off of them, you're also not going to want to put those in there. No. Uh, it's not going to be efficient. Like, you can make it work. It's not going to be efficient. Anything Nighthaunt, you aren't going to want to put in there. Oh, yeah. that yeah. That's going to be a nightmare. I've seen it happen. My bud Mo actually did it that way. And, like, the the cloaks are really billowy and beautiful. And some of them are kind of pointed. And if, it, if that point catches the foam while it's inside it and feels just a little bit of pressure, it'll snap. You just crack open the box inside, look at all the destroyed Nighthaunt ghosts, and go, look how they massacred my boys. My boys! <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it is better, and you know if if you are playing a simpler sort of designed army, it'll work. I ain't gonna rag on you, um, but it's not necessarily the pinnacle. Uh, I think the next step up from there is like battle foam cases with foam trays. Um, there are places out there where you can through their software like custom design foam trays specifically for the models that you own you know like let's say you're playing death guard and you want to carry like 21 plague troopers and mortarian on one foam tray they have templates for both of those things that you could put in their software lay it out how you want and then order that foam tray to be custom made and sent to you that you can then like put those into a box or into a little carrying case they sell and carry them around. Um, this is definitely better than just like uh, generic foam squares, I would put, I would call them. Because of course, like you're making sure that it's a custom fit for your stuff. However, one, this is very expensive comparatively. You're, you're going to spend quite a bit of money getting these custom foam things made for you. And then two, the stuff still might break. Like, yeah, that is just the case when you're resting the model on its side, uh, stuff could happen. Or even if you put it like on its base standing up, if it gets a little bit of lateral force, it could just break. Yeah. Which I would argue not ideal. So I think that we have one last thing to talk about involving transportation like the different methods and uh that's magnet trays Ooh, yes yeah. yeah and magnet trays come in all sorts of different varieties the very expensive magnet trays you can order from online websites which don't get me wrong are very high quality and i want one eventually like they're they're very good the magnet cases uh was it the battle battle foam what they called you yeah battle foam yeah. yeah i uh i actually bought myself one which i'll talk about in a minute um they're nice and sometimes they can be expensive, though they don't have to be. <laughs> kind of the nice thing about magnet trays is that it is um, a metal sheet, essentially, or oftentimes they're stacked on top of each other with some space between them, so multiple metal sheets. But the core is a metal sheet that you then take a model with a magnet on the bottom of its little plastic base, and you put it on top of that metal. And the magnet holds the model straight to that plate. And for me, yeah. that's the way to go. Oh, I agree. If I'm going to invest time and money into like transporting my guys and not use a shoebox, it's going to be magnet trays. It takes more work because you're going to have to put magnets on the bottom of everybody. But 
That's perfectly fine. I think it's worth it in the long run. I mean, it it's so, so nice because you don't have to like, there's no lateral force you're worried about because it's sort of freestanding on this magnet, assuming you've like anchored the magnet well. Also, you don't have to like custom order foam to fit stuff because it's all freestanding. I mean, as long as there is room on the actual sheet of metal, that thing fits. No matter how weird it's pose, no matter how spindly it's pose, it fits. And it's also very, very easy because almost always they come in like a square to lay out your stuff in a way that makes sense. Like, all right, I could fit 20 guys on 25 mil bases from top to bottom here. All right, here's a row of 20 clan rats. Here's a row of 20 clan rats. This is a row of 20 clan rats. Here's another row of 20 clan rats. So when you go to deploy, it's easy to deploy because you're just go, every row is 20 guys. Okay, 20, 40. That's my unit right there. Moving on. And same thing as you're experiencing casualties in the actual game. You know, models are going to die. You could pluck them off the table and put them right back on your magnet tray and they lock into place. Yeah. And that is... I've seen people even take like movement trays, like the the movement trays where you can slot in the different uh, bases and they'll put magnets on the bottom of those movement trays and in those individual slots so they can put the models in the movement trays and just pull the movement tray out for deployment and put it on the table. Uh, that's like 5D chess. I, I have not gone that far, but I salute the people who have. Yeah. I mean, you can go deep. You can go deep with this to, to make it an easier game, like an easier time transportating. Yeah. Transportating? Transporting. 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 Transportating. Uh, oh, hell. <laughs> We're trying to break stereotypes here, and you're over here going, well, I transportated my models down over the holler. Like, well, <laughs> Jesus. Listen, I have a hard time talking sometimes. I shouldn't be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced that you aren't three raccoons in a trench coat. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about the Florida public education system, I guess. All right, Florida yeah. man. So, for you, what is your recommendation for our listeners? Other than to eat trash out of the dumpster, I presume. Hey, listen, don't you talk bad about Speedway. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, what I suggest is that you go out and you buy a plastic Tupperware bin. No more than like 5 to $10 from Walmart, right? Buy a cookie sheet. Make sure the cookie sheet fits in the top. Like in that the little lip that's on the edge of Tupperware, so it sits and rests on that, and it'll leave a little bit of space in between. Get yourself a hot glue gun. Get yourself another like smaller piece of metal, like sheet metal or like a cookie cookie sheet. Glue that smaller sheet of metal to the bottom of the Tupperware container. That's going to be your first layer for holding stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then on that lip, right, glue a couple magnets on that lip so that you can put your cookie sheet down and it'll connect on there magnetized. And then, that's it. Magnetize the bottom of your models. Boom. You've got a double-stacked, like, magnet tray inside of a plastic bin. You can probably keep, a bu- like, a bunch of infantry models in. You're probably not going to be able to keep, like, your bigger models. You'll have to build something else for those. But that's, like, on a core, fundamental level, get a cheap army magnet tray case for less than 20 bucks. Like, done. Like, salt. Uh it's not going to look super pretty. Just write on Sharpie on top of what, or what army it is. Maybe take a piece of masking tape, put it on the side, and write your name, like what army you have in there. Done. It's cheap, simple, efficient. 
if you want to get fancy, you can go get fancy. But that, that's what I suggest. That, right there. Like, it's better than Shoebox. It's better than most of these other things. It's what I plan on using. I want to spend my money on models. Don't want to be spending it on cases. <laughs> so, I, uh, it's a, the efficient use of money and time and effort. Yeah, um, mine's a slight variation on that. Um, the Cookie 10 works. And also, I've seen on Goobertown Hobby's YouTube channel, he doesn't even, like, modify the Cookie 10. He buys Cookie Tins with, like, the little covers on it that, like, come with it. And literally just sticks models in the Cookie Tin and puts the cover on top and bada-boom! Magnus. That's tray. awesome. Yeah, brilliant. Um, that's why they gave him the PhD in organic chemistry. <laughs> uh, that specific reason. Yes, yeah, like, he looked, at they a, saw that he looked at a professor and, and went, went, ah, yes. Here's your yeah. carbon certificate. Yeah, the the professor looks at him and goes, magnets, how do they work? He looks at him and goes, uh, like this, and opens up a tin, and inside is like 400 dark angels. He's, he's like, ah, oh, cool, here's a PhD. <laughs> that has nothing That's to how do college with... college works. Organic chemistry. Well, I guess everything's carbon-based, so uh, it could be organic chemistry, but it's all the same. <sighs> it's not, but it is. Eh, I'm going to have know. flashbacks to Nop. <laughs> anyway, I hate organic chemistry. Moving on. For me, I I go a different route. Um, I also make my own magnet trays for the most part, which we'll get there. Um, but for me, I take a different design route. I go get, like, there's a hobby store here in the U.S. called Michael's. I, I don't know where it exists anywhere else. But essentially, I go there and I get cheap sort of uh, open and close totes for, like, uh, little storage and whatnot that are generally they're really nice because they're wide and uh fairly sort of long i guess or they have a good height to them and they come in varying sort of depths for different size models which is super nice and they stack oh my lord them being stackable is a huge boon um oh absolutely so i take those and I go to, like, the hardware store, and I get tin ducting. Like, you can get uh, big, like, uh, I think they're 4 by 4 sheets of duct material, or maybe they're 3 by 4 um, And you want to make sure they're tin, because that's ferrous, and metal magnets will actually stick to it. But I will take those ducting sheets, and using tin snips, I will cut out a square the size of my little tote thing. I will put that in there. And I will rivet the tote, the metal pieces to the tote. So it's not going anywhere. And from there, it's really easy to just stick magnets on the bottom of your minis, line them up in the tote, close it. It has a little like locking mechanism on the front that snatches closed and bada boom. You set it in your closet. You could stack them on top of each other. Most of them I have fairly shallow because they're for like foot troops. And then I got a few that are a little bigger for like elite units. And then I got two that are really tall for like a Lariel and stuff. And yeah, it is super easy to transport them. Like you just grab your little stack for that army, throw a bungee cord around them. If you want to really make sure they don't go sliding off of each other, carry them to wherever you got to go. And yeah. bada boom. It's all going to be fun in games till we fill the back of a truck with a bunch of plastic bins of like 30 different armies and ratchet strap them to the to the bed of like an s10 <laughs> yes yes uh, also they are transportable for motorcycle which is super nice yeah 
That's very nice. Uh, there's another part to transporting your boys, though. Um, past getting the actual models out, right? right? Getting the models to and from without breaking all of them. This game does require a lot of books. Oh, God, uh, yes. Or, and tools and huh. things. My suggestion for that is buy yourself a bag just for that. Uh, yeah. Don't don't use your work bag. Don't don't use like your school bag. Like it doesn't have to be a great bag unless you're like constantly going to tournaments. Then make that investment. Like you know your own money. But get yourself a bag. Put a tape measure in it. Put a set of dice in it. Put uh, a second tape measure in it just in case. Uh, put like the books that you're gonna plan on using in there. Uh, like like the day ahead of time. Laptop or tablet. Yep, a notepad, a charger, pens, charger, tablet, all that. Like whatever you're planning on doing, do all that day the day before. Keep some of it in that bag at all times, because that way you never have to go looking for it. Mm -hmm. And then you can just grab that bag and go. Yeah, for me, like I keep the dice and pencils and like a tape measure in there at all times. So that way, when I'm gonna go play a game, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just need to grab the books for whatever I'm playing that day. Slide them in, throw in the laptop, we're off. It's a lot of the same stuff that you would set up if you were like going to play D&D. Like, yeah. just add tape measure instead of dice. Well, and dice, sorry, not instead of dice. <laughs> um, yeah, and just have that ready in a bag, slap it on. If you're going to go to a convention or a tournament, you're probably going to want a much better bag. You're probably also going to want it lighter. You're probably also just going to use a tablet instead of using like 70 books. Books and stuff, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, and also to that end, so I mentioned earlier that I did actually buy a magnet tray, which is true. I did. I built a lot of them, but I did buy a battle foam, uh, pack like 720, which is a, a fairly good sized three tiered magnet tray, which is super nice. And it, it fits of quite a number of models in it. And it zips closed really nicely, but what it's really nice for is it has pouches on it that make it super convenient that, like, if I was going to a tournament or something, I could zip it up and then throw a lot of that stuff on the actual army thing itself, which could really help some people if you're, like, traveling for more than a short ways. Um, and that's super, super handy. And I will also say, I mean, the quality is nice. Because if I was going to go to a tournament, I wouldn't want my homemade stuff. Like, I would want this very well-made, zippered, closed, three-tiered battle foam setup. Um, and it also helps you with your peripherals, which is so, so convenient. Yeah. And, and speaking of, like, going to a tournament or, like, if you're going to go play even a local tournament or, like, a long game day with your buddies, I'm going to make a suggestion. It's going to sound really silly. It's going to sound really dumb. Get a fanny pack. Ooh. Do it. It's very useful. Just stick some dice in there. You have dice right there. Or have like a side pouch, whatever. Whatever makes you feel better. Have something that goes around like your waist or like your your belt or something. Um, have it to where it's quickly and easily accessed so you don't have to walk across the room to grab dice. They're right there. When you're done rolling your dice, put them back in your, your little pouch. Or put them back in your little bag. Uh, when you've got like, a, a, you know, keep your... your tape measure get a sturdy one by the way don't buy a cheap tape measure like get a good good sturdy tape measure you're going to be using a lot something comfortable keep it on your 
yeah, keep it on your belt with you. Maybe keep like a tiny notepad in there with like a pen so you can just like pull out, make a note real quick if you need to. Uh, whatever, like get a feel for what you need. But that's a really handy little thing to have because you'd be surprised on how much time you can cut down by not having to walk across to go to your bag to get something or walk across the table to grab dice or anything like that. Like just having it there on your person, it's great. It sounds really dorky. Like it sounds really <laughs> dumb, but it's it's kind of great. <laughs> not like, only is it a fanny pack, which as like a birder, I can tell you is the dorkiest piece of attire anyone could wear because we love them. Um, however... It's not just a fanny pack. This is my fantasy tabletop wargaming fanny pack. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's great. Like, I have zero shame because it it it's it's wonderful. Listen, I I'm I am approaching thirty. I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. Like, I just <laughs> I John pulling out his little widget for a three inch distance that says "Blood for the Blood God." Just. This is my special tool. I keep it in yeah. my special bag. I get a ver- vertical laser pointer so I can like check to see if things are actually within line of sight of each other. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be great. Yeah, I'll just sit there with like my my weird esoteric t shirt, like a flannel and some jeans and a fanny pack, just sitting there. Like hell, I'll bring a a hammer and hang it off the side of my carpenter pants just to make you feel better, Joe. <laughs> it makes you feel better. No, I love this fanny pack of holding. Do carry on. Uh, uh, listen, I have made the joke before, privately, and I'm going to make it publicly now. I want to have Kentucky Fried Wargaming branded fanny packs. I think it'd be great. I'd wear one all the time. I would wear one. I would. I hate to say it, but I would. Yeah, it'd be very useful. Um, all right. If we ever get to the point where people want merch, that will be the first merch item on the store. You I have called the first. <laughs> it would be in the top five, like, but not the first thing. John, there's nothing else that matters nearly as Ima- much as Kentucky Fried Fanny Packs. Like, I imagine going to our website and there's just a a page. It's like merch. You click on the merch and there's one object. There's one item, and that one item just is. Kentucky Fried Wargaming fanny pack, and it's got Colonel War guy sitting on there, like with a bucket, a bucket of chicken, branded <laughs> <laughs> like, on the side of this fanny pack. <laughs> well, I never had aspirations to sell merch, but I do now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is this where Only I obligatorily tell people to smash that like button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obligatory smash that like button. Follow our tweeters. You know, find us on the Instagram. Don't be looking at my tweeter. How dare you? <laughs> the little. This isn't an OnlyFans, Jonathan. Um, yeah, if we could though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is something to be said for that. We'll talk about it a little more down the line when we get to that point. But yeah, I mean, there. I see the use for like a little pouch or something just to like carry dice around and it's it's helpful it's useful but really like I think the big takeaway from this episode is that even though we have strong preferences on sort of what works for us on transporting models the real key is that you have to think about it beforehand like yeah yeah, put you, some thought into it. Yep. Sit down, not like a day before game, but like actually consider where you play, how far you travel, what type of armies you have, what sort of like disposable funds you have access to. Yeah. And, you know, 
if if everybody out there sits down and just sort of thinks about it through that lens for themselves, I promise you, you'll find something that works. And just putting in the effort to think about it will put you in a better space than you were prior. And that's kind yeah. of the whole goal here. Um, yeah, there's a huge difference between playing a Skaven army and having to transport that and playing like Imperial Knights. Oh, yeah. Very, very different considerations. Or like... You know, if somebody has $20 to spend to get a carrying case or somebody has 600 again, not the same. Or if you have to send it, like, across the sea, like, through some other country's customs for a tournament, again, yeah, different. Um, if you're going to have to go on a plane with it, if you're going to have to, like, ride in a car with it for a long period of time, there's definitely different things you're going to need it for. Uh, so just think about it. And... I think we've given you the basic tools to kind of fix your problems, but if we didn't, if we missed something, or maybe you've got some thoughts or some questions or some ideas, let us know. Um, I know a lot of you guys, well, I, a majority of our listeners uh, listen on Spotify or uh, the iTunes store or a number of places sort of where the podcast is, so... For you guys, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to our Instagram, the tweeter, as John has put it. Um, and we are more than happy to help you figure out whatever works for you guys. I don't want anybody out there breaking your bottles that you work so hard on. And for people on the YouTube, drop a comment. If you have any questions, more than happy to answer them. We read all of these things and respond to as many of them as we can. Well, there's not many of them, so we respond to all of them at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would be more than happy to help you work through exactly what you need. Because the only way we're going to get to tournaments again as a group is to make sure that we're all able to actually get our models to those tournaments. Yeah. And uh, last episode, we talked about Dark Eldar. Um, and uh, if you liked that and you want to see us do more of that, let us know. Um, if you have some criticisms, go ahead and leave it to us. We'll we'll listen to them. We'll take them into account. Uh, oh yeah, we'll we'll look at it. Uh, uh, it was we're our first, to do more like, lore stuff. Yeah, so. it was our first hyper specific episode. There's gonna be rust to shake off. More than happy to hear any criticism. Um, but I think you know going forward, there's a lot of opportunities for that. We're getting new Broken Realms books, which have incredible lore, which I I won't talk about here because I'm not gonna and talk incredible about incredible rules. Uh. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna talk about here because they're huge spoilers. <laughs> but my God, I wanna. So if y'all are interested in that, please let me know, and I will, I will rant for an hour. Um, or new codexes coming out, new editions, anything like that. We could cover them more specifically, and we want to do that with your buy-in. So let us know your thoughts on the format and what maybe you want more of or less of. But I think with all of that said, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide and Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time.